Live from New York. It's the last show of 2020. That's right. It's a Ask Engineer, as usual, Wednesday at 8 p.m. A few minutes late just because we had so many awesome people on Show & Tell. Go check out that video if you haven't yet. It was jam-packed with awesome projects and a lot of first-time displayers or Show & Tellers. Um, I'm Lady Ada. I don't have 2021 glasses, but I do have this blinking unicorn head. And uh, with me is Mr. Lady Ada, uh, who is smiling on the inside. And we've got a full hour of all the latest news from the maker community, hacker community. We've got some cyberpunk stuff. we got new products. we got Python updates, uh, videos, open source news, and more. We're going to get right into it because uh, we have so much to cover. That's right. So uh, last week, of course, you didn't see us because we had the Adabox unboxing. Now we're back. And it snowed during uh, the week right before that, so I had that little bit of New York City footage. Uh, we try to put in little video clips and more of what's going on here in New York City and the world. And uh, it snowed a bunch, uh, and uh, then it melted. That was the uh, that's the weather report. All right. So much, and then it melted. Well, here. On tonight's show, we are open. We are shipping safe and smart. Super we will safe. talk about this and more and some of the things that we're doing. Um, our team thanks you. These are some pre-COVID photos of our team here in New York City. Thank you so much. We've managed to stay open the last 10 months. Your orders and support has helped us oh so much. So thank you, community and customers. We're doing this together, and I'll talk about that and more. Whew. Show and tell. People around the world showing and sharing their projects. Packed house tonight. We'll be talking about who is on the show and tell, what they shared, and more. Time travel. Look around the world of makers, hackers, artists, and engineers, and some current news and some updates. Got some Python on hardware. Go with through the newsletter that we so send out every single week. We have some Main New York City factory footage. We have a 3D printing bonanza. We have a recap video. We have last week's video. We have a couple speed ups. We got a bunch. Yes, cool stuff coming up too. DigiKey and Adafruit present NPI. I, not NPI. Um, this week is Texas Instruments. We'll be talking about something new that you can get over on DigiKey yes. that Lady Ada really likes. New products. We got a bunch of new products. Um, we'll do a little bit of a recap of the ones that uh, we last week, published yeah. last week. Um, we have some top secret. It's also part of our new products. We'll answer your questions. We do that over on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord, all 26,000 of us. All that and more on tonight's last of 2020, Ask an Engineer. Yay! Okay, well, first up, um, we are still open. We're in month 10 of COVID. Uh, Every single day, it's worse than the previous day around the nation. So this is uh, our time to plea with all of you. Um, please, please, please uh, wear a mask. Please don't travel if you don't have to. Uh, just postpone it a little bit. Stay distant. Um, these are simple, basic, primitive tools that we have. Um, I'll be straight up, you know, as someone who helps run Adafruit and we have a workforce of uh, over 100 people, it's really scary that we're so close to a potential finish line and the vaccines aren't getting out as fast as they need to. There were supposed to be 20 million, there's only 2 million out so far. Um, New York is vaccinated as fast as possible. There's a bunch of information people still need to absorb and get through all this stuff. So things aren't going to happen overnight. Um, it's going to be 2021 in just like a few hours. Um, things don't change at 12.01 uh, in, a, in a day or so. We still need to be as vigilant. Um, I can tell you we have remote team members where this is impacting your family. Um, mm -hmm. Luckily, no one at Adafruit who's been on site um, has uh, gotten COVID yet, but I know it's just a matter of time, and it's a matter of time for all of us. There's a new strain, it's more transmissible. So um, all we have is these very basic things we can do, and we, we know it works. Um, we've been operating safely 
in the first and worst of it all the way till now. So all we have to do is do the things that we know that work. Um, let's all stop thinking about this being a political thing. It's a health thing. And let's, let's get through this. Let's see each other. There's maker fairs ahead. There's conferences. There's events. There's new hardware. There's all sorts of fun stuff. You can't wear your Neopixel shoes in the house forever. Let's <laughs> let's just get through it. So that's our, our, our plea. Um, our other plea is uh, you might have some New Year's resolutions. You might have somebody that you forgot to give a gift. You might want to do something good for someone else in the future. You might want to give them a reason to stay home. Get them an Adafruit gift certificate because uh, Adafruit.com slash gift certificates, we have them. They're really handy. Give the gift of making. Give the gift that keeps on sharing. We've designed Adafruit so that people can learn coding, making, and electronics at home safely, whether or not it's because they just want to stay at home and kind of be loners like me or because there's a global pandemic. Either way, um, a Circuit Playground Express, it's 20 bucks, and we have hundreds, I mean, literally hundreds of projects and tutorials, all free, learning Arduino, learning... Make code, learning um, Circuit Python, learning Code.org, CS Discoveries. You know, you can program it with Rust. It's like an all-in-one board, and it's like a great gift. I give them away like every year to people. I yeah. like, you know, when I meet them, I'm like, here, take take this board. Um, we've got a cutie pie for like five bucks, basically. So uh, another great gift. Give a gift certificate that keeps on giving. Adafruit gift certificates. Uh, people ask, we have them. We always like try to get the word out, but we have them. Um, and then uh, AdaBox. We have uh, we send out thousands every quarter. Turns out people really like these, especially now because a lot of people are spending time at home. They need projects. They need something to do with their families. So we don't have that many left. We only have uh, I think eighty slots open. And usually we have out of thousands. Usually we have three hundred or so, and we do not have three hundred. We have eighty. Yeah. We have so fewer cancellations than ever. If you wanted to give one as a gift now, or just set yourself up for March. Um, give yourself something to look forward to. Turns out when you have something to look forward to, you actually care more about what you do each day. Um, maybe this is the thing that helps you. Um, we have a little video um, that we just made. It's a recut of all the different Ada boxes and more. So I thought Ooh, I should play that. I want to see this. If that does not entice you to order things on our site, maybe this will. We have freebies. (laughs) So if you um, go on our store and you place an order, the more you put in your cart, the more free stuff you get. That's right. As a a thank you for people ordering directly from Adafruit, um, of course, we, you know, there's lots of distributors order from them. But when you order from us, we give you some freebies. $99 or more, you get a free Permaproto half-side breadboard for making your projects permanent. They're beautiful, lovely silkscreen inspired by a trip I took to Japan. Uh, in the before times, um, at one four, uh, sorry, one forty nine or more, you get a free STEM IQT board. We have uh, cutie pies. We've got sensors, accelerometers, um, all sorts of goodies. Uh, you get a different one each time if you make an account. We'll send you a random one. Otherwise, you might get the same one twice. If you make an account, we'll send you a different one each time. So we recommend having an account so we can keep track of which ones you've sent you. 
$199 or more you get free UPS ground shipping in the continental US. It's trackable and insured. And $299 or more you get a free Circuit Playground Express, like I said, uh, my favorite dev board to give away to people. And you're probably saying, boy, I really like when Colin does videos. Um, and it'd be great if Colin had a video that talked about Stemma because I like Colin's lab. And, and what I, is Stemma? I like his soothing voice yes, and how he explains Colin. electronics more. Well, um, here's a little bit of a preview of a video that we're about to release pretty soon. What is Stemma? What is Stemma QT? Stemma is an easy way to connect sensors and devices with no breadboards or hand wiring needed. A controller board can plug into a bunch of devices for fast building and prototyping. Stemma QT is the smallest Stemma connector, used exclusively for I2C communication. You get two power wires and two data wires. I2C shares the data wires so you can chain together multiple boards. Stemma QT is compatible with SparkFun Quick and Seed Grove devices using a JST-PH2-SH adapter, so you can use all the hardware you already own. Stemma QT is built into Adafruit Clue, MagTag, QtPy, and more. You can get building without any soldering at all. Stemma QT is built into tons of Adafruit sensors and devices. Just look for the Stemma QT logo on the back of the board. So, if that doesn't convince you, nothing else will. Okay, show and tell people around the world showing and sharing their projects. We have a bunch of people. Yeah, I'll show and share their projects. One of my favorite uh, quotes that I mangle, and I forgot the original one, I'm just going to keep changing myself, is um, when you share something, uh, it's like a light uh, or a flame, and it doesn't diminish your own. It just makes things brighter. And I feel like the show and tell, especially this year, um, which has had some dark times for sure, this is one of the bright lights every single week to, to look for. There's a bunch of times where I'm just like, we're not, we can't, let's just cancel everything. Um, but we uh, knew that there was a lot of people that this is what they look forward to. So we did this every single week. And we've been doing this for a decade now. And what a cool group of folks to uh, end this year. And then you know what's going to happen next week? Same thing. We're going to all be together sharing projects again. That's right. Uh, kicking off, we had Kevin from DigiKey. Who, uh, DigiKey's been wonderful coming by pretty much every week, right, for somebody from DigiKey or somebody who works with DigiKey coming by. And, um, you know, they, they showed off, uh, you know, in April and May, they were showing off their disinfection equipment on the DigiKey line. They've been an important part of um, the American recovery. I mean, this is where industry gets their electronic parts and they had to stay open. So doing that safely um, is, is been really cool to watch and uh, we we shared notes early on in the pandemic like tips and tricks on how to keep a factory going um, but uh, ending up this year DigiKey worked with uh, Hackaday um, they had a contest earlier this year on circuit sculptures which was the really beautiful art uh, made out of circuit sculptural circuits that used um, like free wiring technologies and techniques um, and they photographed all of the art pieces that were submitted 12 of them and turned it into a calendar. And they're uh, going to send it out to the printers. Um, so it'll probably be available later on in uh, January. Uh, they're going to give you a free month of 2022. Uh, just since January uh, will be half over. They're going to give some away. So follow the DigiKey Twitter account. It's probably where they're going to do a little giveaway. Um, so if you if you follow them on social media, uh, watch out. And uh, they'll be able to gift you a calendar. Maybe if you answer a, a trivia question or something. We'll see. Uh, Dan Halbert, also known as Danny Halbert 50 years ago, was an 8th grader um, whose parents had access to a computer. And uh, he learned Fortran and wrote a piece of code that took the sum of the first 1,000 squares, um, numbers, 
And uh, this is his first program that he wrote about 50 years ago. Uh, he was really interested in popular electronics, um, but he didn't get, there was some like uh, electronics, uh, like 50 in one hobby kit, but he didn't get that in time. So instead he learned to code. Uh, and he even had a floating point uh, comparison error uh, in his original code listing, which just goes to show you that people are still making the exact same programming mistakes uh, 50 years later. And that's just how programming is. It's cool. Um, Brent made... The computers get smaller, but nothing else changed. <laughs> He's still as frustrating. <laughs> I truly believe, like, <laughs> like uh, uh, floating point uh, error has, has been with us uh, for generations now. Uh, Brent made a Twitter e-ink display. He wrote a guide up for it. Now Pedro previewed next uh, year's next year's project, which is the Dark Saber. Uh, they have all sorts of cool build techniques in it. Um, I think it looked pretty sweet. Uh, you can build one with a 3D printer and a little bit of soldering. We're going to have a tutorial using CircuitPython and the PropMaker Featherwing. That's what the PropMaker Featherwing was made for. It's made for good lightsabers and evil lightsabers too. Oh, the dark saber, it's not evil. It's just I don't it believe, was used by an evil guy. I don't believe there's yeah, there's there's nothing inherently wrong about the lightsaber. Or the dark saber. Or the dark saber. It's who wields it. That's right. I would just get cookies. I'm pretty evil. Alright, so Scott uh, made a, a Christmas ornament one circuit python. It's in the shape of Michigan. He gave it away as a gift to family and it has some neopixels and used capacitive touch. Uh, a cute uh, gift and uh, will last 50 years. That's what I love about code that lives on hardware. Uh, flash memory will definitely last 50 years. So we'll check in 50 years from now and see how that ornament's doing. Uh, runs on some AAA batteries, which I think we'll have in, in 50 years. Uh, Jepler um, made a PCF uh, CircuitPython friendly version of the Font Awesome font, which is like all these like icons. Um, it's like not emojis, but they're like icons that are in a font so that you can. Um, you can get like iconography for different like you can see it it's like all these like free icons for like uh you know uh, logos or um like you know, when you when you go to like an airport and everything has icons instead of words like the restaurant symbol like stuff like that so it's all in this this, this font awesome font uh and he made a pcf for it and will probably publish it or write a guide shortly pay your dragon made uh this cool 2020 uh matrix uh for you to take out your anger in 2020 I will show that in the um, guide overview. Liz has been playing around with making color matrix programming for an upcoming project. Um, Salim's wife it teaches Zumba, and uh, she teaches it now over Zoom, which means she gets to say Zoom Zumba every day, which I'm jealous of. Um, and she wanted to uh, have a little bit more of an exciting background, so he made a dot star and feather M0 music visualizer that would light up with the beat of the music uh, behind her. And he showed a video of his wife teaching this class. It was cool. It's like... People are staying healthy and active, uh, even while they might be indoors a little bit more. Um, and he made it even more fun. So good work, Salim. Great husband. Uh, Tice, uh, previously known as Coding Pro, uh, wrote uh, his first Display I.O. project. Displays the CPU, GPU, and temperature of their computer. Uh, looked beautiful with some fonts and updates. And when you tap the screen, it gives you more details. Um, a different brand, uh, not... Uh, Brent from Adafruit, but another Brent made a weather display uh, IO home project using a Titano, so probably Circuit Python, and it gets uh, temperature data from around the house and displays it. Uh, and Larry came by with a couple projects: a Circuit Playground Bluefruit that can print to a Bluetooth thermal printer uh, using BLE, uh, hacking a Media uh, a Thermo 
uh, hydrometer, I don't know how to pronounce it, a, a temperature humidity sensor uh, you can reprogram. Um, it is also working on a remote display interface and we'll be publishing it soon. So check out the show and tell. It's on our YouTube channel and all our social media channels where we publish videos. It's part of our Adafruit live series of shows. You're watching Ask an Engineer. It's 8 p.m. Wednesday right now. We do show and tell every Wednesday, 7.30 p.m. These are our shows on Wednesdays. You're That's watching right. them. Desk of Lady Ada was Sunday. And Sunday we did, of course... The Great Search with DigiKey, where Lady Ada uses all her powers of engineering for good and finds things on the DigiKey site, so you get better at finding what you need. And what else did you show? Uh, well, I showed off a whole bunch of stuff, including like a comb. I yeah. showed off some uh, seven-color e-ink. Yeah. Uh, I showed off, I think, like a stem design I made. Yeah. Uh, ESP32S2 Clue, I yeah. think that was a routing. Yeah. Um, we had, I, we I had a lot to show. This I week. did have a lot of demos to show. I think I showed off these little media sensors. I tore apart a um, low-cost Bluetooth e-ink clock. Yeah. Um, and uh, I showed how to search for 74 series logic on uh, DigiKey because I needed a three-input NOR gate. And I wanted something very small and compact. And so how do you find that on DigiKey? Well, I was like, hey, that's a, like I never showed how to use... DigiKey to find 74 series logic. Okay. Classic, you know, look, yeah, this is like 50 year old technology too, but you know what? It's hella useful. Sometimes you're like, I just need three signals Nord. How do I do that in one little chip? And uh, you'll see all the things that we're working on every Sunday night. We'll be doing it this Sunday night as well. That's right. Um, Next year. JP was off this week, but we still have the recap from last week's product pick of the week. So I wanted to uh, show that. Uh, we're gonna continue in this series. Um, this is, I think, the only uh, electronic company effort series that broadcasts live from a product page. JP shows off. There's a discount right there. You just add it to your cart. You don't have to do anything while you watch live. Um, so here's a recap of last week's. It is the TLV 49 3D. It's a three-axis magnetometer. I have a magnet on the end of a little uh, piece of spring steel. There is my TLV 49 3D. Right in the middle is the little magnet sensor. As I adjust the Z strength or the Z distance of that magnet from the sensor, I'm just lighting up one of these uh, 23 NeoPixels. That is my product pick of the week, the TLV 49 3D three-axis magnetometer. All right, time travel. Let's look around the world makers, hackers, well, artists, a timely engineers. day. Yeah, and more. So um, we're going to be around working, doing stuff uh, tomorrow, New Year's Day. Um, you can... Follow us along in all the social media places. Uh, we'll be posting some of the work that we're doing, some of the cool projects, some of the hacking, and more. Uh, we wanted to wish everybody happy 2021. It's about time. Uh, I made a little video, like a little like musical thing. So that's a preview. We'll probably be showing that off. Uh, we'll be publishing that on our social media. We'll have some blog posts and more. 
Um, and I didn't tell you this in advance, so I'm just going to spring this on you now. Do you have any things that you, like, you know, they always have New Year's resolutions. Do you have anything that you, you're looking forward to that you want to change, you want to diff- different? Is there a goal that you have? Is there anything you don't want to do? Is there anything about 2021 uh, that you want to share with everybody? Well, I've been trying to, to exercise a little bit more. I'm trying to do that every day because I'm older and you know how that is as you get older you have to you can't just sit around anymore your body actually starts hurting just existing so uh, I think I mean it's a, it's a classic goal but like why not I also want to um, publish some more like um, uh, introductory tutorials I think yeah. we talked about that some like introductory Python tutorials and um, yeah I think that's that's kind of like my goal so far I kind of like I you know it's a one thing I've actually learned from this last year is you don't don't try to guess too much about what you'll be able to do in the new year. Sometime, like, halfway through, I was like, hey, I'm surviving. This is great. Like, <laughs> yeah. All right, this is good. Okay. What about you? Um, mine's going to be a little different. Oh, no. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't ask. So I am not going to stop anything I'm doing at all whatsoever. Okay. I'm laser-focused with only one mission, and it's to do good and to keep Adafruit going. There is absolutely nothing else from the time I wake up to the time I fall asleep that is it, 100% until maybe we all agree that this is over. Because every single day, you can't let up. From yeah, keeping yeah. our team safe to like running everything, to all the stuff that matters. I, I don't have a resolution like, oh, I'm going to like start doing this. No. Uh, eat glass every day. Grind, grit, determination, perseverance. It's really the only way forward because yeah. this next month is going to be tough. And what I want to do is hold this mindset and this thought right now. Um, unfortunately, when this is over, I might not be useful anymore. Maybe I'm only good in a crisis. But for the last, you are ten, very good in a crisis. But for the only for the last ten months, um, we've managed to succeed. And I also want to. Um, I said it earlier in the show, but I want to give a big thank you. So. Um, our December was a good month in terms of all the things we measured data for. We yeah. were able to do bonuses for our team. We were able to do, um, we're not calling it hazard pay because we're like, it wasn't like hazardous, but, but people that have been working on site directly, we were able to give them more money this year. We were able to give people raises. We were able to do a lot of things. And in this world right now, with how much tragedy from the economy to health, um, it was because every single day didn't let up. No, so, like I, I work every day from like like the moment I get up till the moment I go so to sleep. That, so that, that's what I'm saying right now. Yeah. It ain't joining a gym. It's not just like, hey, like this. It's just like be good, have good values, be a good business, be good for the community, be good to each other. Yeah. And I'm going to post up like some things that we need from this next administration. We want to see things change. A lot, of, a lot of things in the last four years weren't great. <laughs> You know, there's a lot of things that weren't good in the last 10 years either, and we'd like to see some change. Now's the time. Don't let a crisis go to waste. Is that what we're going to be doing? That's a good Don't let a crisis go to waste. That's, if, that's something that uh, you taught me, and I'm, I, uh, I definitely listen to that. I think it's, I think it's good advice. And uh, it's always, yeah, having you uh, help lead, you know, me and the company. I mean, there's some days when I was, I was just, like, so, like, despondent. You know, I was like, I can't believe that this is happening. All my, there was I had plans. Straight up dark times. There was dark times. We had, you know, I've mentioned. And we looked out this window and there was, like, uh, a fucking boat with, like, a red cross on it. Yeah, there was a it. hospital like, boat. oh, my God, thousands uh, of people are dying every day. This a sucks. patent troll uh, was trying to shake us down for millions of dollars during the worst death day of New York. Yeah, there was, all April that was, April 17th was a terrible day. And, the worst and day. you know what? Like, I think it's just one of those things where it didn't, change us it revealed who we are 
And that's just how it is. And like I said, I know there's going to be some chill days ahead. It'll probably be in the end of 2021. And I might be useless. I might need someone to throw grenades at me all the time to be useful in society. But for now, I'm really useful. And so I'm going to continue to um, just raise our focus on on everything we need to do as a company, as a culture, uh, and more. So that is my 2021. Okay. (laughs) Happy clouds. Yeah, so um, all Brents agree that Adafruit IO is great. <laughs> and our Brent at Adafruit, uh, he writes a great newsletter, and we have 3,000 subscribers. Um, and this is another thing. All year long, we publish, we publish, we publish, because people needed to build, they needed to do stuff, they needed to share, they needed to see, and that's a big deal. So good work, Brent. Now it's time for some Python on hardware. During all this entire time, what have we been doing? It's actually been a lot of Python code, i got to say. A lot I, of Python code. I've been wearing a lot of Python code. I'm getting almost like good at Python. Okay, so CircuitPython okay. 6.0.1 was released, tested. Please, please, please find all the stuff because eventually we're going to get to the next version of CircuitPython and we can't do all the great things unless you tell us. A lot of been bugs have been closed. If, you, if we closed a bug report or an issue, um, now's a great time to come by and verify that we really did fix the bug just because... It's now we have, you know, half a dozen plus different platforms that we're supporting in CircuitPython, and uh, bugs are sneaky. Um, But we have been squishing them and adding a lot more support for ESP32 S2, which is kind of a new generation, because we added, last year, you know, we were adding, um, or in the year before, we were adding Bluetooth Low Energy, and sorry, yes, well, last year around this time, we were kind of wrapping up native Bluetooth Low Energy, and this year, we're wrapping up native Wi-Fi. PyCon 2021, call for proposals. Also, um, we donated to the Python Foundation. We got the word out. They hit their fundraising goals. There's still one more day left. They're up to 92000 Before, when we were doing the fundraiser, they weren't up to 60000 So please continue to please support, support them. Please support PyCon. Yeah. yeah. Python so Foundation, they give grants. They um, are working on improving Python packaging. All the things that you want from Python, um, they're doing it. And they yeah. are a very lean organization, so your money will be used well. Also, check out this component storage system. It uses Raspberry Pi coded with Python. You can see a bunch of NeoPixel things and more. It'll tell you where your parts are. Uh, this is kind of neat. I like these little devices. Um, you love these little keyboards. I think right. this is a cute keyboard. This is using our um, Pi Portal, and it uses MicroPython as this little keyboard. It's a little tiny, little, little tiny, maybe CyberDeck. We'll talk about CyberDeck so later. Um, Next week, deep dive with Scott returns. You'll see that pretty soon. We have some Adafruit updates. Um, you know, I mentioned before, gift certificates, Adafruit IO. You can shop our store. We just put a bunch of stuff in stock. Python Foundation, they hit their goals. We have this cool Duck Hunt Christmas ornament. Uses Circuit Python, and you can put it on a tree. Or this is just like something cool to have on your desk either way. This is a purple air quality sensor display using an Adafruit MagTag. Here's a cool cosplay grenade that like blinks and lights up and everything. Here's a Python module to render uh, VNC on an e-ink display so you can see like into your computer. Slowly. <laughs> yeah, well, it works. But it works. And here's a Circuit Playground Express holiday jukebox, uh, Circuit Python uh, with Adafruit QtPy and Seed Studio Shell. This is uh, from Les, believe. Yeah. And then uh, here's a really neat thing with Circuit Python. Use it to automate your home for oh. some blinds that uses uh, really neat machine learning oh, it's for plants. and more that'll uh, open up. The uh, blinds let sun in. Here's a MagTag e-ink tweet display. Here's a cool cosplay project. You What's going on? <laughs> Robot. Pray that I don't change the deal. Um, <laughs> and here is uh, some cool Madlib style words with Matrix Portal and a simple Python game with a micro bit. As you can tell, Python is sneaking its way to absolutely everything from data sciences to hardware to being able to do whatever you want 
that you can imagine with code and then having it work with electronics. It's happening. Tons and of learn guides, tons new of libraries, libraries new yeah, updates. 288 altogether. Um, what the team is up to this week from lizards and uh, <laughs> and more. Uh, Lamar will be doing a talk pretty soon, uh, virtually for the Australian Linux Conf. And uh, check out the rest of the events and more open hardware summit. It's going to be in April. Hey, you have no excuse not to attend these events, and you can do it yeah. in your pajamas at home. Make yourself a brunch, hang out. Uh, attend FOSDEM, attend uh, Linux Conf AU. These are things you can do now. You don't have to get on an airplane. Yeah. That's Python on Hardware for this week. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's uh, talk about some open source hardware. Yes. Um, Forbes did a great article, and I'm always uh, shocked, impressed, amused uh, when they... Uh, notice something that's going on in the electronics world. Because Forbes is a business magazine, and, like, generally speaking, unless it's, like, a huge grift, like, was it Theranos, Thanos? Yeah, Theranos. Theranos. I always get Theranos confused with the... Thanos. Oh, like the the bad guy? Give me the jewels, yeah. Unless, you know, or, or if it's, like, you know, just VC stuff. And so I'm always happy when Forbes notices what's going on. So Forbes named... Maker is the most disruptive innovator, Yay! and Our Lady Anne has a quote. In early 2020, there was no PPE, there was no mask, no face shield, no fast-track medical devices and sensors which need, were needed as the pandemic started and surged, says Lamore Fried, CEO and founder of Adafruit, popular retail for hobbyists based in New York. And we have a large online learning platform. For Apple and Nike turned the resource PPE, it was the makers who did this. That's right. We moved real fast. And so um, that's really neat. Uh, excellent work, everybody, who did open source who uh, use 3D printers people or... People who made face shields, people who yeah. sewed masks. You helped. Yeah. You helped a lot. So uh, things could have been so much worse. This was life-saving in a lot of ways. Um, you could debate about it, but we didn't have anything. Zero. And in New York, our story was New York City said, can you make face shields for doctors? We have none. So we stopped everything. We did that. And then we got asked to divert for medical supplies and other devices and things that were fast-track ventilators. We did it. And so for Forbes to notice, which is like, you know, business publication, like normally it's like Jeff Bezos, person of the year, Jeff Bezos. So every year, you know, this was really cool that they noticed and they said makers were the disruptive innovators. Um, I wish that our leadership would have stressed how important masks were any mass back in March, it would have saved more lives. All of us decided, well, let's make what we can, let's do what we can, and then we worked with uh, the Department of Health in New York and more, and we had to make sure our face shields were in a certain spec and all that. So anyways, um, thank you, Forbes, for doing that. Okay, um, like I said, we're an open source hardware company. To prove it, uh, we published 3,000, sorry, 2,392 guides. We're going to be up to 3,000. We'll get to 3,000 maybe and in a year or two. Yeah, Lady Ada, what's on the big board? All right. Um, okay. Maybe, I'll, maybe so I'll go on the screen you here. You want to go to screen? I think I'm going to have to because we have so many guides. We have a lot of guides this week. Okay. So we actually have the first guide. Why don't, you, why don't we plug this in? So the first guide is my favorite. This is something you asked Phil B to put together, and he did a beautiful job. So uh, this is today's, this is the year that we're at now. We hate it. This is 2020. When you shake it. Dissolves away into like a cool digital sand project, and then a new year appears with uh, blue and white sparklies. And this is kind of cool, beautiful font, nice work, Phil B. Uh, would you like to build this? The code 
and uh, a drag and drop UF2 is available in this guide. So you too can uh, enjoy shaking away 2020. Brush it off. That's what we're going to have to do. And this is a new year. Get up, dust yourself off. 2021's Shiny. here. Okay. Hopefully a little better next year. Uh, okay. Let's go back to the guide listing. Um, okay. We also had a new guide. Katni published um, a tutorial on the NPR 121 uh, 12 key capacitive touch sensor with like the gator pads. People wanted these because they were making musical instruments and they're like, I don't want to solder. I want to just clip on and then attach it to my fruit or my conductive materials. Uh, so uh, we've got a guide for that with Arduino and CircuitPython code. Um, uh, Dylan uh, uh, updated and modified uh, community written um, MagTech project selector from uh, DGloud. And uh, he added some icons and a little UI, and you can load up like eight different projects on your MagTag. There's enough uh, memory on there. And then um, if you hold down a button while resetting, you can select um, what the default project is, whether it's weather, or maybe it's like an Adafruit quote of the day, or maybe it's a tide uh, vision, or like a percentage shower thoughts from Reddit, so you can get some funky quotes. Um, and then um, when it re when it goes to sleep and wakes up again, it, it has enough. It has this like little memory chunk. Um, it's non-volatile memory, so it remembers what your last setting was. It's a good demo of the non-volatile memory. Uh, we also published the guide for the SGP40 air quality sensor. We have Arduino code for that using Sensorian's air quality library. We also have. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to. Jump you. Uh, I didn't know if I needed. To no, no, on. sorry. I was just, I was just, I was just waving around. Uh, like my, my flapping, like an arms. Um, uh, we've got code in Python, but only to read um, the resistance of the gas sensor. So it hopefully soon we'll get Sincerian to publish Python code for that. From Brent, uh, as we mentioned, there's a MagTag Twitter display. This is kind of cool. You can authenticate your MagTag uh, with Twitter to be able to display anybody's tweet, or you can display tweets that contain a certain word or a certain hashtag. Um, every 15 minutes it wakes up and it gives you a new tweet. Uh, he actually had this, you can use it as like a, a, a way of um, getting data online from different sources. Like he actually has it displayed the latest news. Uh, he just follows um, like a, a news tweet account and uh, every 15 minutes it gives him the latest updates. Um, we have a guide for the new LTR390 light and UV sensor. We're talking about that today. Uh, it's one of the last I2C UV sensors available. It's UVA, so it's good for um, detecting sunburns, not for UVC. So not as good for like disinfecting, disinfective lamps. Uh, okay, can you scroll? Because there's actually so many that there's, we have to keep going. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's like the got, opposite of Twitter. The more you scroll, the better this is. Yeah, from Jen uh, Fox. Uh, we've got a Microsoft Team mute button. It's a simple Arduino project just showing how to turn your circuit playground into a keyboard. Um, and then uh, from last week, we've got Phil B's. Oh, that's right, because we didn't have a show last week. So, yeah. right. So we had uh, using weird displays of the Raspberry Pi. So this is like everything you need to know about how to connect something that's not a standard monitor or TV. It's got, you got globes, you've got like heads up display, you've got weird bar displays. It's like weird shit. You want to catch your Raspberry Pi? It tells you everything you need to know on how to do that. Um, with console mode or with uh, graphics mode. The Raspberry Pi is is wonderfully configurable. You can make it work with almost any display, but you just have to know a little bit of uh, tips and tricks. Um, Dylan made a MagTag kitchen timer, which you use in the morning for your coffee. When you I grind do. your coffee and you soak it in the, the thingy and then you make your coffee. 
Uh, you need something that can count one minute and three minutes. And uh, this customizable kitchen timer will count down for you and beep so loudly that it uh, it kind of wakes me up a little bit, makes me get out of bed. Uh, we also have from Don Pedro a LED. Oh, should I uh, mod the code so the beeping is lower? No, no, it's funny. It's like I'm awake. I'm just like, oh, okay, yeah. it's like coffee time. So then like, I smell coffee, and then I'm like, oh, I should like do stuff. Yeah. This is fine. Um, uh, Don Pedro made an LED reactive light-up hockey puck. Uh, it's just a fun little project with uh, soft filament to make a hockey puck that you can play indoors, a little like floor hockey. You can also 3D print some hockey sticks that screw onto uh, broom handles. So you don't even have to get any special equipment. Um, and the, uh, the hockey puck uh, flashes when you hit it, so it like makes cool effects. Uh, Trevor uh, published a guide on our MagTag um, Augmented Reality Tarot Card Reader. So if you have a MagTag, load up this example code that we have with different tarot card images drawn uh, specifically for the MagTag in beautiful four layer level grayscale. And uh, Minerva will show up and she will read your fortune for you using an iOS device um, with the, the latest operating system. It can do augmented reality. And finally, from Charlene, this beautiful kind of like deco gold fortune necklace. Um, it has, I think, I think it has an NRF52840 ITSY and um, CircuitPython, and it has a little capacitive touch uh, sensor. Um, and it's like a beautiful display, and you could like, do cool stuff on it. It's like an eight by eight uh, dot star, um, like a very small little square uh, that you can reprogram in. I love the the look of like the diffuse plastic and then this gold accent. Really, very classy looking electronic necklace. Beautiful right. work, Charlotte. Do the guides. We'll have more next week. Whew. Love okay. Guides. Main New York City factory footage. Last one for 2020.
And to close out 2020, here is a time lapse from that snowstorm that we had. Super snowy. Now, why are the lights like turning on and off on the building? Weird. Yeah. Ghosts. Um, and then uh, here's the morning after snow. That's the Disney, Disney uh, building. Yeah. Where they're going to put all the gold. And then uh, here's the last uh, time lapse of 2020. Goodbye, 2020. This was from uh, last night. A lovely evening. Okay, 3D printing. We're going to catch up on a couple videos. So here's how this is going to go. Yeah. Buckle in with your 3D printed press fit seat buckle. Yeah. Um, we're going to do the hockey video, which is this hockey puck that you can 3D print. Then we're going to do a 2020 highlight. Mm -hmm. Then we're going to do this uh, printable shoe rack. And then we're going to end with the uh, 3D printed uh, Hackaday logo remix okay. uh, stuff. So uh, we'll see you on the other side. A couple of all minutes this. all together. See you on the other side. Hey, what's up, folks? In this project, we're making a 3D printed LED hockey puck. This was inspired by the DIY Indoor Hockey Project by Yuxel Tamis. This hockey puck lights up and makes chiptunes based on how fast it's moving. You get a light show each time you hit the hockey puck, so it's still super fun even when you miss a goal. The Circuit Playground Express makes this a fun and easy project that uses the built-in motion sensor and NeoPixel LEDs. The case was 3D printed in NinjaFlex filament, which lets you use the buttons to switch between different modes. With MakeCode for Circuit Playground Express, we were able to quickly make this demo. It's an easy-to-use block-based code editor that's great if you're just getting started. To set up the board, double-press the reset button to get into the bootloader mode. Then, you can pair the device over USB using the Chrome browser. Once it's connected, the NeoPixel LEDs turn green, letting you know it's ready. You can then click Download to upload your code or drag-and-drop the UF2 file. This makes it really easy to get into programming electronics, so definitely check out MakeCode. You can get the parts to build this project, links are in the description. 3D printed parts in NinjaFlex are pretty durable, so it's great for making our hockey puck. The battery fits inside a recess, so it's protected inside the bottom half of the case. The circuit playground fits on top and gets mounted with screws, so it's mechanically secured. These screws are drilled into the top cover and inserted through the pads on the circuit playground. The built-in flap lets you access the battery port so you can easily plug it in or disconnect it when you want to turn it off. When the battery gets low, you can use the little USB LiPo charger from Adafruit. We 3D printed the blade so you can customize it and use a wooden dowel as the stick. The blade can be 3D printed without any support material. You can enable Z-hopping to help prevent the printer head from striking the part. We used Petchy filament to make the part a bit more durable than regular PLA. We had a lot of fun making this project and hope it inspires you to check out Adafruit's Circuit Playground. Thanks so much for watching and don't forget to subscribe for more projects from Adafruit.
Miles returns next week. Thank you so much, Don Pedro, for an excellent year of 3D printing. Mm-hmm. Right, now it's time. DigiKey and Adafruit present. Texas Instruments is our featured company on INMPI this week, brought to you by DigiKey and Adafruit. Lady Ada, what is this week's INMPI? Okay, so this week's INMPI, as always, I go to digikey.com slash new, and I'm like, what is the new? Well, I used to do this all the time anyways, but now I'm sharing with you the thing that I found on that page that was the most interesting part of the week. And this week, it's this new buck boost converter from TI. I love TI power regulators and buck boost converters. They like, there's so many different ones. They cover like every range. They're super powerful. They're very integrated. And they always have these like touches that make you think like, wow, this person who designed this chip really thought about uh, some cool and useful new functionality. I mean, power supplies are supposed to be like boring, but actually they're, they're kind of not. They're the most important part of your design, like the base of the design. A good power supply makes everything work out and a bad power supply is gonna cause you all sorts of headaches. So um, this week's MPI is the TPS, which I think is like Texas Instruments Power Systems. I don't know exactly what the TPS stands for. It's a TPS 63900. Um, and this is a very tiny little chip that is a buck boost converter that takes uh, about 1.8 to 5 volts in and gives you a selectable 1.8 to 5 volts out. Here's a simplified schematic. So uh, one thing you'll notice is, of course, um, it's uh, synchronous. It's the transistors are all internal, so you don't need an external transistor. You don't need an external diode, uh, Schottky diode. Um, it's really easy to use. You've got an input capacitor, output capacitor, and then the inductor. One thing that's neat is that this is a buck boost converter. Uh, only one inductor needed, and uh, it's about the same price as a buck or boost converter, but you get both peanut butter and jelly together in one. Um, when you have a voltage, let's say you want to have a voltage of about 3.3 volts, right? That's a pretty common voltage uh, for most electronics. Um, but you're using something like a couple alkaline batteries or you're using a lithium polymer or lithium ion cell. Well, you know, a lithium ion cell or lipoly is going to be 4.2 volts when fully charged, right? So it's higher than your output desire of 3.3. But then as the battery gets run down, it drops down to as low as 2.7 or even 2.5 volts. And that's below 3.3 volts. You want to boost that voltage up. So what's nice here is no matter what the VN is, between 1.8 or 5.5 volts, the output is going to be a steady voltage. And it will automatically switch between the two um, modes of operation in order to maintain that clean 3.3 volt output, which is you know wonderful. This, this means you're getting the most power out of the battery, really just like draining it, but also getting um, the exact voltage you need. And something that's interesting that you can see here is um, there's those three configuration resistors. We'll chat about those in a moment because this buck boost converter has an interesting dual output selection mode. Okay, so um, one thing that I thought was neat is uh, if you go to TI's YouTube page, they have a whole webinar that like is like 45 minutes long and it talks about all their different buck boosts. They talk about this one, but it also um, has this nice diagram that shows you their family of boost and buck boost converters. And um, there's a lot of chips that TI makes for this, you know, power regulation and boosting. So um, I thought this was handy. I kind of bookmarked this. I want to go watch this in more detail after the show because um, depending on your current output, 
uh, and your quiescent current, you might want to have um, a different selection. So this chip, you see, it's right there in the middle. It's that like sweet spot. It's got an internal switch of about 1.5 amps. Note that doesn't mean that the output is 1.5 amps. It means the switch that uh, is inside that does the boosting or bucking or multiple switches um, is about 1.5. The, the actual current you're going to get is, I think, for boosting, it's about um, half an amp, about 400 milliamps. And then in buck mode, I think it's about uh, 600 milliamps. So it's you know over 300 milliamps or so, depending, of course, on the voltage input and output. Um, but what's really nice is the ultra low quiescent current under a microamp. That's not a typo. It's not under a milliamp. It's under a microamp um, for the quiescent current, which means that this is an excellent chip for use with wireless devices that you only need to send data once in a while. So this is what they're kind of uh, picking. You know, they're, they're sort of saying this is really good for your LoRaWAN. This is really good for your BLE. This is uh, even good for maybe something that is... Um, uh, Wi-Fi, something that only wakes up once in a while, but you do need to have a really good solid power supply at that time, and that spends most of its time asleep. Um, so they're like, why ultra-low IQ DC DC needed? And usually uh, DC DC are not low quiescent. Usually you that's one of the things that you give up uh, when you move from an LDO to a DC DC. But especially when you have these devices that, again, they wake up you know once a day, once an hour, they take a measurement, they transmit it, and they go back to sleep. Um, the quiescent current, is, it becomes the dominant uh, power usage, right? Even though it's extremely low, the amount of time that you're spending in that low power mode is so long that it actually starts becoming, that the quiescent current starts to really matter, even though it's so low compared to the running current. You know, maybe it's like three orders of magnitude less, but it's three orders of magnitude as long, right? So that's why... Um, for you know, for wireless or in this, they call this pulse load applications, the quiescent is important. So I thought that this was a really nice little chip that could handle. You know, kind of does a little bit of everything. It's like a bento box of of converters. Um, it's got some nice specifications. Uh, it you know you can see there it can give you up to you know over 600 milliamp output if you need. So you can use it for um, some you know low power, not multi amp, maybe not like cellular uh, wireless transmissions. But definitely will do your Bluetooth, your BLE, your LoRa, your ZigBee, your Z-Wave, all those things, uh, which again, you know, low quiescent, uh, long time asleep, wake up once in a while, do something. Um, this is the other thing that they had, which I thought was, it, it, you know, at first I was like, this, why is this at all interesting? And then I thought about how you would implement it if it wasn't built into the converter. And I was like, oh yeah, that would totally suck. So it's really nice it's built in. So when you're doing your measurement, let's say, let's say you have, you know, a uh, little Bluetooth wireless temperature humidity sensor, and um, you want to take a measurement every five minutes and transmit it to HomeKit, you know, your, your hub that is um, measuring data from around your house. This is a home automation project. So for that, you know, you're going to be asleep for five minutes. So that's why the low quiescent current is so important. And then you're going to wake up and you're before you turn your radio on, before you turn on the Bluetooth or Wi-Fi or whatever, you're going to want to like get some things going. You might want to configure your memory. You might want to read some EEPROM. You might want to take some sensor readings and all that can, you know, maybe it's not going to take that long, but it, it does matter. And for those sensors and those devices, you might be able to run at 1.8 volts, right? And if you're in an LDO mode only, it won't be that important. Maybe it doesn't matter. But if you're using a buck boost, you can actually save a little bit of current. 
by starting up and running your MCU at 1.8 volts um, to uh, take advantage of that lower voltage and not turn on your radio, which is going to be that high current, higher voltage, right? That's going to need 3.3 volts or 4 volts or whatever. And then right when you're about ready to transmit, boom, you tell the um, DC-DC converter, hey, uh, instead of giving me, you know, 2 volts, give me 3.3 volts. Everything powers up much higher um, all at once. You do your transmission and then you can um, go back to sleep at, again, the uh, lower voltage. So to do that, um, if you go back to uh, the first image, no, the, sorry, the second image. The first, if you count by zero. Um, on the right, you see the config resistors. So those resistors, normally, you know, if you've made a couple, you know, buck boost converters, you're like, hey, where's my resistor divider, right? Usually you have a resistor divider on the output that sets the output voltage. That's not what's going on here. Instead, it uses these single resistors to set the voltage. And you're probably like, well, how do you tune the voltage? Well, there's a table and the resistor value correlates with an output that is goes up by 100 millivolts at a time. Check out the data sheet. There's a whole table there. So you have uh, three resistors. The first two, I think, are the two voltage output options. And the third one is the input current limit, which I won't cover here. Again, the data sheet in the webinar does. And then if you see on the left, there's the cell select line. Well, when that pin is high or low, it determines which output voltage you're selecting. And if you think about like, well, how would you do this normally? It's like, well, you could do it by like messing with the voltage divider on your um, DC-DC converter, but suddenly you're like, you have all these like transistors and they're low side and you have to like switch them and you have to like switch them instantly so you don't get like a, you know, a, a both off at the same time or both off at the same time. So I actually understand why they're like, have this all integrated and have a little selector and it does the logic for you. Um, so I think this was kind of, it was kind of a neat, it's, a, it's an interesting thing of like, okay, you really need to, you know, you have a small battery, maybe it's a coin cell, or maybe it's like a, you know, a 50 milliamp hour battery. How do you, how do you run your hardware as long as possible? And I think this is a, you know, it's a not expensive chip. It's like a dollar or so, uh, and it does the job quite well. So. This is on DigiKey, and you can find it by uh, using the short URL, digikey.com forward slash short forward slash 4C8HVR, or you can um, look at this part number that's on the screen, or TPS. you can follow the links that we have in the blog post or so in the channel, or more. It's easy to find. Lady Ada shows you how, and that is this week's. And if you, I, I will okay. show you really quickly if we go to the overhead. I'll yeah. just show the, uh, the eval board, which I picked up. TI makes nice, simple eval boards. So you're like, what's going on here? Um, so this is actually all of the converter, right? This little this little section here. You've got um, this inductor. It's actually like a, a chip-style inductor. Input, output, capacitor. Um, a lovely little layout. They have some options for bigger capacitors if you want. And then these are all of those resistors. Remember I said the resistor sets the output voltage and the current limit? Um, well, you would use these to um, set this value here. You can see the switch here for the different values you can set. And that correlates with an output voltage and a current limit. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's actually one of the few times where I'm like, if you really have to mess with all the resistors, it's kind of nice that these uh, all come with dip switches ready to go. But the full solution is so small. And then, of course, these can be a 402 resistors. So really, it's only a few millimeters square. Just about chip. everyone in chat was saying, I was looking for a boost converter. Love DC boost converters. This is just awesome. Thank you for the ideas. This is one of, I think, the best MPIs that you've done Aww. this year. It's useful. Okay. I'm going to use it. This, this week's on MPI. MPI.
All right, uh, let's just go right into new products. Ready? That's right. It's new. New, 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 2021 coming up. That's the new thing. Yeah. All right, so um, we're just going to do a quick recap of the ones from last week, like super fast. So first up. Okay, got a Raspberry Pi 4 uh, beginner kit. Uh, it just has a Raspberry Pi 4 case. It's got uh, the Type-C uh, power supply. Uh, just people wanted a little pack of parts to get started with hardware hacking on the Pi 4. Uh, here you go. We've got an acrylic kit for the MagTag. It's no longer a spoiler. This was included in the Ada box. Um, and if you are jealous of people's uh, adorable clouds or jaunty crimson arrows, you can pick up this kit, which has uh, three acrylic parts and the hardware to attach onto your mag tag. We also added uh, a couple of these like FR4 perf boards, um, great for prototyping. They're really durable because they're FR4. Um, they've got all the pads uh, labeled. Note that the pads are not interconnected, right? You just get like the raw pads and then you can put whatever 0.1 inch space parts you want in there and uh, you bend over the component leads to solder them to each other. We have a great video from Colin on how to use it. We've got from TechnoChic two kits. Uh, one is this adorable LED tutu kit. Um, it basically comes with the tool and the elastic and some th thread and some LEDs. So there is a little bit of sewing involved, but the sewing isn't too hard. Um, it's fun, it's creative, and there's a crochet element too as you crochet the, um, the tool onto your very own sparkly band. Uh, thank you, Minerva, for... Owl not included. Owl not Do included. Do not order this and yell about the owl. Yeah. Uh, there's also a, a handy tote, uh, which we showed off last week on video. Uh, this one's a little more challenging. There's conductive thread, uh, which I always think is a little more challenging than plain thread to sew, but you get this awesome tote, and it's got a pocket inside. Who doesn't love pockets? Okay, so now on to the new products. Okay. Week. So, uh, starting off, um, if you have a Microbit V2, the new Microbit, and you want to protect it, uh, Electric Freaks came out with a really lovely case, their modification on their V1 case, uh, now updated for the V2. There's a cutout for the speaker, there's a cutout for the capacitive touch, and there's a cutout for the microphone. It's available in two flavors. One is this translucent clear, which I think is kind of funky, and you can see the silk screen. And they also have smoke, gothier. So this is like two-faced. You have the light side and the dark side. Maybe this is like those dark sabers and light sabers. Both are awesome. I like the smoke. I like the clear. Depending on what I feel like that day, it's what I put on my Microbit V2. Uh, remember, you cannot use this on, um, you cannot use a Microbit V1 case on the V2. However, I think you might be able to use the V2 case on the V1 because there's just like more cutouts, but it won't be as protected. Um, so just snaps right on. And uh, yeah, there's a little cutout. This is the same, and it's really slim. That's what I like. And uh, it's you know there's little nubs here, so you can plug this onto um, uh, any add-on that you want, or use alligator clips on the little holes for your microbit V2. Okay. Next up, uh, this two by two header is like you're like, what is this? It's a two by two header that is actually specifically designed to plug onto uh, the PoE socket of a Raspberry Pi three or four. Um, some people were like, oh, I want to add a little lifter for a Raspberry Pi hat, but I also want to lift the uh, 2x2 header that is connected to the PoE, like, Ethernet pins. Um, and they're like, can you sock it? And I'm like, yeah, I should probably just have that handy. So here you go. Um, only really usable if you're doing PoE stuff. But if you are, here you go. All right. Next up... Okay, we've got a starter kit for people who want to make lightsabers or dark sabers or other glowing swords. 
Uh, we have a couple tutorials with the prop maker wing. We want to get a prop maker wing starter kit together. You get a prop maker wing. You get a feather M4, which is our, one of our favorite feathers. You get a nice big speaker, nice loudspeaker, a, a 2000 plus milliamp hour battery, an RGB button, an on off switch, a selector switch, and then um, a bunch of these uh, Pico Blade pigtails. Um, for quick connect and disconnect and plus uh, also we get shorty headers to connect the feather and feather wing together and heat shrink so it's not everything you need to make a uh, lightsaber or dark saber kit you will also need a 3d printer or some crafting supplies some hand tools uh, you need to uh, have the force be with you and um, you'll also want some NeoPixels. And we didn't include the NeoPixels, the reason being, no, he's really good at this. No, he's not included. When you get this, you do not get him to show up at your house I would, to solve all your Jedi, Jedi problems. Oh, he's using, he's using like forced. Okay, and then he's got like a bigger saber. Okay, so um, what? <laughs> you'll need to get NeoPixels. The reason we don't include them is because, first off, you might already have some. And also, the length of NeoPixels depends on your blade. Like you have a really super long blade, or maybe you have too short. Uh, blades, depending on your style, um, we didn't include them so you could add on the new pixels you want. 3D print, solder this together, and follow our tutorials to make your very own lightsaber. All right. Or dark saber. Next up, this is a, a coming soon, and we're going to go over this in the uh, top secret, but uh, we now have it so you can sign up for it. So this is the Cyberdeck. Yeah. We have a Cyberdex for the Raspberry Pi 400 hat and bonnet style. These are plug-ins onto the back of a Raspberry Pi 400 that let you plug in a bonnet. This one's short, so it's bonnet-sized, or hat. Uh, we also have the hat version, it's a little taller. And we also give you uh, some stem connectors. So you can plug in NeoPixels or, or servos or speakers. And um, we also have a STEM QT connector in each one. So here you've got a sensor built in. Do you want me to show this off now? or? Yeah, um, I do. And then for top secret, we're going to play the videos because like, this all came together like, like last night. Like now. Okay. So, um, right, so this is like world premiere. And then we're, we're going to talk about this again. So we won't spend too much time with these new products, but okay, tune so in to top secret. Um, these are going to go really fast. So uh, please okay. go to adafruit.com slash new and sign up. Because this moment we put them in, they're going to be gone. They're going to be gone. I'm, I'm, I promise I'll try to make as many yeah. as I can. So this is um, this little extender. You can see all the headers coming. The, the headers get connected up through the PCB. Um, but what's neat is I got this custom made. We got angled headers. Angled, right angled headers. Super weird, right? And um, But what that lets you do is have the bonnet, instead of being flat out, which will just, you can't see it, or straight up where you can't see it, it's angled at like 45, 30 degrees. We're still working out the exact angle. Um, and then, yeah, you can see the... Uh, Demos go through in. it. There'll be a bunch of folks making stuff like this, but we've got the angled headers. we got the software. we got this coming soon. You yeah. can sign up now. All right, so there's also the hat version, so I'm just going to gently move this to the side. And I'm going to grab, and you wanted me to play a video on it. Yeah, I thought what would be fun is to play the uh, Cyberpunk 2077 trailer okay. on the Cyberdeck from Adafruit. Okay, so here is the... For Raspberry Pi. Hold on, let me focus lock. And then, uh, I guess... Now, if that was straight up and down, you wouldn't be able to see it like this. This is tilted. It's tilted. Because okay. that's what you want. That's what you asked for. That's what you get. Yeah. How do I get the thing? Okay, go for it. Alright, so uh, there's no audio, obviously. No, we didn't. We decided since we're going to talk about this. Um, okay, so in this case, we've got a full hat size. This is running our Pi TFT. 
Um, but you can, anything that is a raspberry, all the pins just come up, so you can use any raspberry pie hat, raspberry pie bonnet, whatever it'll work. And uh, it, it, so many of our hats and bonnets and displays have LED matrices or um, TFTs or OLEDs. Uh, we wanted to make it easy to use. And while we were putting this together, we were thinking of a name, and we were like, think of cobbler. But then, you know, we we were thinking about how when you put the TFT on it. It's like somebody said, like, wow, it looks like a cyber deck. Like, you're making your, like, it's like... Yeah, you're, you're and we've been doing cyberpunk um, even before, you know, the game was announced a long time ago, but we've been doing a series of articles with uh, Gareth, who I worked with at Mank, and it just all kind of came together. We're like, this is the cyber deck that you're going to want to build. Yeah. Um, you're going to have this cool Raspberry Pi computer, and then you're going to have this other monitor off to the side to do whatever you want with, or like a display. So it's the cyber deck. Cyber deck. All right. So, um... Yeah, it looks like this. We're going to make it a little bit prettier, of course. This is a green PCB. But uh, you get two STEMI connectors and STEMI QT. Um, yeah. And all the pins connect through on the back side. And then we'll have some funky, cyberpunky silkscreen. Let's say if you want to like run a big old long ribbon cable, well, we've got that too. Yeah, so this is what we have in the meantime, which we ordered before we got the, uh, the yeah. angled headers. So this is you know it's for the pi 400 but you also use it for any other raspberry pi it's just an extender it's um doesn't have a nice jaunty angle um, but you can plug one end into a raspberry pi 400 in this case or just like any raspberry pi to be honest it's just an extender cable and um the pins come in one side on a socket on the other side on a plug um i'll show that with a similar similar setup here so let me yeah, and uh, someone pointed out in the chat, you know, the the cyber deck makes you want to get a Pi 400. I'll, I'll say this, the accessories and the software and the code make you want to get a Raspberry Pi or be able to use a Raspberry Pi. That's the whole key with the Raspberry yeah. Pi. They, they were able to bring something really low cost to the market, but, but the accessories and the code and the things you can do is the reason that, like, we think folks want to do stuff. Um, because just on its own, it's like, okay, that's cool. You know, it's a little low cost computer, but these accessories... And being able to do stuff. Yeah, it's moddable. It's also, it's yeah. one of the things is because it's so inexpensive, you're not afraid of breaking or damaging it. Uh, so in this case, I just have a regular Pi 4, and you see, you know, I plug into one side and then six inches down, uh, there's a socket, and then you can just um, uh, plug in your favorite hat. It's just, it has the same mirrored output. One thing I will watch out for, because a lot of people have a Sense hat, and I wanted to uh, point this out. So the Sense hat... Um, you need to have this, um, like lifter thing, this little, uh, if, if you have a hat that has headers only on the top, which some hats do, you may need to have a separate header that plugs in. It comes with, um, the sense hat, but you have to have that in because, uh, it, this doesn't have, um, let me show, it's kind of a, it's tough to explain, but on the... On the Pi, there's nothing stopping like something from plugging in all the way, right? There's no shroud around the pins. The pins are just kind of like hanging out in bare space. Whereas with this, there's a shroud. There's this connecting piece that goes around it that is protects the pins, which means you have to have the pins, the socket that matches with it. It has to go deep enough into the plastic to um, connect with the male pins underneath so this way it works but you see it's like you you're not you're you're gonna sit flat against the plastic 
not against the body of the PCB. So the only thing to just to watch out for is if you have a you know a skinny header bonnet or hat, you might want to get one of our lifter um, connectors, the two by twenty connectors, just to give you a little bit of a boost. But other than that, it's just a, it's just a cable. Pin one, pin one, pin 40, pin 40. Okay, the star of the show tonight besides you, Lady Ada, our team, our community, our customers is? Okay, it's the LTR390. Uh, it's a UV sensor. This is the last I2C UV sensor available. Um, we've carried many I2C UV sensors in our, in our times. Our favorites from the Vemel 6070 to, I don't even remember the ones before that. There was like an MC8511 or something. Um, but they all got discontinued. UV sensors seem to not last very long in this world. However, this one is available. This is a uh, true UV sensor, unlike some sensors that say they are UV. This one actually has a UV diode inside of it. It is tuned to uh, 300 to 350 nanometers, which is about UVA. So what does that mean? It's good for telling if you're about to get sunburned. It's not great for telling if your um, UV disinfection lamp is working well. It will totally pick up some of that signal, right? It's better than nothing, but it's not really designed for that. It's designed for um, basically, uh, you know, health monitors that you wear that tell you, hey, you've got too much sun exposure. Um, that said, it's a really lovely little sensor. It's very easy to use. I squared C uh, has an intro pin. It also does ambient light. Uh, and uh, we've got code for it in Arduino and CircuitPython. So if you'd like to do some UV light sensing, uh, pick up one of these breakouts, plug and play. You can plug it into your cyber deck. All right, um, what we're going to do is we're going to do top secret. And while we're doing top secret, go over to Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord. Join all 26,000 of us. And start posting up your questions. Let's do some top secret. Yeah, meanwhile, we can watch more of this trailer. It's kind of fun. Okay, top secret. We're gonna play some videos. First yeah. one is this e-ink video. Okay, lady, what is this? Hey, I got some of these uh, 5.6 inch seven color e-ink displays. These are really beautiful displays with seven different layers of color. I think it's black, white, green, blue, red, orange, yellow. And um, our designer Bruce came up with these beautiful um, seven color images. So they're dithered um, because you can't overlay colors. You have to have like each pixel be a unique color. And then um, our Arduino library now supports this. It's called ASEP. I don't know the name of the chipset, so I'm calling it ASEP. And then I'm just reading uh, bitmap images off of the built-in flash on the Feather M4. And um, here's another image of Adabot. It's very handsome. But you see it takes quite a few seconds for it to update the image, and then it has to kind of put this reverse image in. But after the image comes in, I think it looks really nice, like very... Uh, Cell animation-y. Next up. All right, Lady what is this? Hey, so about a month ago, I saw this tweet from Greg DeVille who mentioned this kind of cool all-in-one like SD card on a chip. So I picked these up. These are really neat. So they're like, you know, the same size basically as wide SOIC-8s. And I soldered one to one of our little uh, SOIC breakouts and put it on a um, breadboard, as you can see here wired it up just like an SD card, right? Not SPI flash, an SD card wiring to a Feather M4. And then I ran the uh, SD Fat demo, and yeah, it shows up as a uh, 512-ish megabyte um, SD card. It can format it with FAT16. I think it comes pre-formatted 
by default. And then, um, you know, I ran our teeny USB demo and uh, it, you know, comes up as a disk drive when I plug it in and run that code on the Feather M4. This is really cool. I'm gonna make a breakout for these. Really neat. Okay, and for that one, I wanted to mention something. Okay. Um, so it was on Hackaday, and then, like, of course, Hackaday comments were like, this is an ad for Adafruit. They're part of the Big SD Coalition. Who? <laughs> Lizard people I'm conspiracies. I'm so, Big SD. <laughs> yeah, so anyways, I did want to clarify, like, we said exactly what this is and why it's good, but one of the things that I think that's really cool about this is you don't have to worry about the mechanical this, here's actually thing the, back and forth the number SD. one thing that this, I think, is useful for is there's a lot of people who build projects where they're like, I'm going to send it into... Um, not like space, space, but they're like near space, like into yeah. high, high air, rocketry or underwater where mechanical stability becomes a very big deal. And SD need a lot of data logging capability. They don't need to be very fast. So they don't need FRAM. They do need to have a lot of data uh, storage, like images maybe, or like audio recordings or just like a lot of data. And um, they just don't want to have the risk of the SD card coming loose, right? Because then they, they, they can actually, like, get desynced and, like, lose, not lose their data, but they can lose connectivity. Um, that can be a real problem. So these have size, of course. The size is very small, very light. And then, but that mechanical stability, it's like on a rocket, you know, a SD card could, even in a good um, mechanical clip, it could come loose. Whereas this, you know, yeah. it's soldered on. And this is not the same thing as EMMC that people are like, yeah, I've seen this before. It's not well, it's like, it's massive and you have to yeah. use 8-bit and, you know, it's, it's it, this yeah. is like trivial because it just shows up like an SD card. It's amazing. Yeah. SDIO or SPI. So anyways, um, just to make sure, like if you see this floating around, because pe the, the people who know what this is are like, that's really cool. That's really interesting. And then total randos try to, you know, kind of ruin it for everybody and oh, say nonsense. Okay. So I thought that was cool. Okay, next up. Um, other things that we have, um, we have a new top secret clue coming out. This yeah, is Wi-Fi clue. Wi-Fi clue, the ESP32 S2 clue. So if you like the clue, now there is a Wi-Fi version coming soon. You got anything else to say about this? Um, no, I think I'm okay. going to send a piece of these. We'll see how it is. Okay. Then this is a neat little thing. It's a USB key. I think we're going to call it the Trinky. Yeah. And uh, it's it plugs in to USB, and then you can use it as you can touch it, and then it can uh, dim or glow. It has new pixels. Really yeah, cute. Yeah, you, you sent me like this um, plug-in USB. Like, uh, I've, and I've seen these before. They're like, yeah. they're like they have a couple white LEDs, and they're like USB flashlights. And I was like, well, like let's like put Circuit Python on it. And I was like, yeah. oh, I love little USB key things as long as it's like there's no wires hanging out. Yeah. So I like that it's just like, you could turn it into a, a U2F dongle, you could have just display things, you could have um, LED status, I don't know, cool stuff. All right, and what's this? Uh, I saw this on uh, Nice Chips. This is like an ultra low cost 16 GPIO I2C expander. Um, and it has this neat ability to do constant current LED control, which I thought was kind of useful. And I was actually designing something else, which is super secret. Um, but that will use this chip. So I was like, oh man, I need like a GPA expander, but I also need to control like two backlight LEDs and like, uh, how do I, like, I don't, you know, what am I going to do? I didn't want to make anything complicated. Um, but like, this is perfect for that case. And it's like 50 cents. Okay. And then we have um, the two videos that we just shot of Cyberdex. So I'm going to play those just so you can see this in the top secret part because it's all coming soon. And we all did this like last night, but here it goes. All right, Lady Ada, what is this? Hey, I just got some cool new samples in. Look, they're like 45-degree socket headers. I remember um, I got these because I wanted to make this like pie cobbler type thing for the Pi 400. 
Um, I've got it with the Pi TFT running an animated GIF demo. And what's cool is it's plugged into the Raspberry Pi 400 and it's like jutting out at an angle. So it has like a really cool like cyber deck funky display thing going on here. It has the perfect angle for you to look at. I also have a bonnet version and um, there's two connectors here for like connecting a speaker or NeoPixel strip or servo. And then there's a STEMIQT sens uh, sensor connector. So you can add like uh, sensors of all sorts, capacitive touch, whatever, and then maybe even have a display as well. So this is what I'm hacking on this fine evening. Okay, Lady Ada, what is this Cyberdeck? Hey, we're like super cyberpunk in tonight. I got this uh, little uh, bonnet add-on for the Pi 400. It's got this cool 45 degree angle header. So when you plug this in, you can plug in like a bonnet or a hat and it like comes up at a jaunty angle. It's also got two Stemma connectors for like NeoPixels or servos or whatever, and a Stemma QT. So here I've got it displaying an image. I also have uh, an example showing the temperature and humidity off of this sensor. So uh, that's what it looks like. You keep track of your cyberpunk stats. And then uh, I've also got this um, kind of standard Raspberry Pi IP address and CPU load demo as well. So having fun with this OLED and uh, this new Cyberpunk Cyberdeck. All right, come soon. And that's our top secret. All right. Get back in the vault, you. Okay, so I have some questions lined up. We're going to yep. answer them. I'm going to skip Hit around. me. Yeah. And it's dinner time. Okay, so uh, first up... Um, how did your trip to Japan influence the design style of the Prima Proto board? I'm glad you asked. So we took this trip to Tokyo, and it was... Everyone, anyone who's ever been to Tokyo knows it's not an inexpensive place to visit. Um, but when we were there, we went to Akihabara, because I wanted to check out this like, electric town. And we went into one of the electronic shops, and they had a PCB, um, a, a prototyping PCB that was single-sided. It was like a perf board, but it was white. And it had markings on it with black. And I was like, oh, my God, that would be such a good design element for a, like a half-size breadboard-sized PCB with like red and blue markings. And so like the, the idea of using white silkscreen on the top with black, uh, sorry, white solder mask with black silkscreen, I used that in the design style for the Permaprotos. Yeah. I think when you make things, you have a different lens in which you look at the world. And a lot of times the way we look at things, when we go for a walk, we're thinking about how can we turn this beautiful art that we see into something easy and approachable that, has, that also happens to be electronic. And so, like, you know, the world is yours. You just have to have the lenses to yeah. look at it. So that's how that one happened. And it ultimately, like, you know, paid for that trip long term. Yeah. Um, okay, next up. 40 pin IDE cables, are they viable for Raspberry Pi connections? Yeah, uh, these are standard IDE cables. Um, IDC cables, IDE cables are the same thing. Okay, when uh, PT me was reflecting on 2020 and looking ahead to 2021, the passion for Adafruit was showing for sure. What keeps you guys motivated and passionate about your company? Why do you do what you do? This is just what, this is what we are. I don't know. It's like, it's like why, it's like you just, I just wake up and I'm like, oh, this is what I have to do. I'm getting an answer. I don't know if this yeah. is diplomatic, if it's PC, or or if, if it is. It is what it is. This is the answer that flows out of my head okay. when I see this. Um, if not us, then who? I mean, so here's the thing. If you're a young girl, you have to imagine yourself doing something in life. If you don't see someone like Lady Ada, 
You're not going to think you can be an engineer. When you look at our staff, black, brown, all creeds, all races, all walks of life, when you see Adafruit, there is someone who looks like you at Adafruit who does really exciting things. And I don't see that anywhere else. Yeah. And I know we can do good and be good and be a good company. But I also know, for whatever reason, if we don't do this, I don't know if anyone else will right now. I hope the idea of something like Adafruit's boring one day. Right now, it's not. It's unique. It's rare. It's the only one out there. It's the only thing out there. You're the only one. And I know the more we can get all of the things in our heads out to as many people, I know the world will get better. Yeah. So that's my answer. So it's passion, but it's also a lot of responsibility. I, I don't think anyone's going to care this much and work this hard to bring more people together, and they happen to do electronics. So, heavy yeah. weighs the crown. There's the answer. Okay. No, if the answer you want, what's the answer you get? I okay. Uh, let's see. Questions. What's the best uh, microcontroller for USB audio devices? Applications like uh, send an audio stream over I2C to a codec. I was looking at ESP32 S2 or the STM. 32G4. Uh, I think we have a TDUSB example for USB audio. It's you know you're gonna have to write a lot of low-level code because isochronous applications are tough. But uh, I think the ESP32S2 should be able to do it, or the STM32. Those are two good chipsets. Okay. Uh, is there gonna be ongoing availability for the Pi3 compute modules? I haven't heard anything. and haven't said anything that they wouldn't be. This is something you would ask the Pi Foundation. Yeah. I haven't. I haven't seen anything at all that said they wouldn't be, but that doesn't mean that's going to change. This is, yeah, why you would ask the Pi Foundation. Yeah, okay. Uh, next up. Okay, Adafruit Q in the question. Now this is threaded, so how do you, how do you get to do this thread? Okay, how do I... How do I... Okay, here's a question. Application Tennis Math is working on a physical tennis scoreboard. The author uses a Matrix display, 16 by 8. I am trying to help by searching for a low-power alternative. It needs to be visible from a distance in daylight. Mostly, what technology could be used for that? It mostly requires seven big segment displays. Check out John Pease. Uh, he, he did a project a couple years ago making a gigantic scoreboard with NeoPixel strips and uh, diffusing plastic. It was a really easy build. He did it in a weekend, um, and it could be visible from, like, 100 feet away. Yeah, big old ink will come. It might be expensive right now. Though. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's see. Okay, when you hit a thread, it actually goes back a million years yeah. into the chat. Okay, now I gotta, uh, now I gotta scroll. I'm just scrolling, 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 scrolling. Okay, got that. Uh, okay, got that, got that. Uh, NeoPixel consumes less than the matrix, question mark? I mean, all LEDs are gonna consume power. Um, do you, you know, you're not gonna be able to run off battery, probably, you'll have to plug it in. Okay, um, would it be possible for to do HomeKit integration for the WS2812B? I so think people have. Check out, I'm sure somebody with the ESP32 or Raspberry Pi has done it. Okay. I haven't, but... How I, long does it take to write libraries Adafruit provides? So could be hours to days, depending on the complexity. Yeah, then you got to support them. Yeah, you can support them. All right. And can you make a standalone Feather M0 like a standalone Arduino? Um, well, the closest thing to a standalone Feather M0 is is the Metro M0. Um, you could take the Eagle CAD files and modify them however you want if you want to have a custom board design. Yeah. Um, someone had a question about shipping different locations, different ISPs and all that stuff. Um, so one thing to keep in mind, go to adafruit.com slash distributors. So when you're in the U.S., there's a lot of things with credit cards and fraud and when people have different addresses or freight forwarders or all sorts of things, we might not be able to ship to that, but you can go to any of our distributors worldwide 
um, and, and get it from them. It'll probably be cheaper and faster too. Um, okay, uh, let's see. We might be uh, scroll to bottom. Trick cursor to text button. Press escape. Okay, that's a good trick. Thank you. Uh, I think. I think that's it. Okay. Those are our questions. What okay. a year! All right, thank you, everybody. Let me uh, just check one thing. I want to say yeah, thank you to Takara. Thank you, Takara. Takara's behind the scenes. Thank you. Thank you, Takara, for all your help. Behind the scenes, almost uh, most of the asking engineers. You're, yeah. You're usually around Wednesday, Wednesday nights. So thank nights. you. Right. Um, a lot of people help build this thing called Starship Betafruit. So thank you, everybody. Uh, we'll see everybody next week. It'll be a new year. Yay! Um, anything you don't like about yourself, just leave it behind. 2020, just leave it there. Just be like, you know what? I'm leaving that there. I'm going this way. You stay back there. I'm... All sorts of things you can do. You can consider it a reset. You could consider it uh, a new start. Um, you can also just say, hey, like, time's not real. I'm just going to, uh, it's just, you know, the made-up thing. Uh, it's just it's dates. something that clocks it's, measure. It's just dates uh, that don't really matter. Um, that's fine. Focus on the things that do matter. Um, I think that we're on a good tear together here with sharing electronics and knowledge and um, cool community of diverse people. Um, why don't we all work really hard to make this the best thing together next year? Um, if not all of us, then who? And why? Why shouldn't someone else do this? We've been working hard on this together. So we'll see everybody next year. Have a happy, healthy 2020 for what's left of it and let's uh go into 2021 with uh renewed hope and optimism because this is all we got yeah, we and that's each other there you go like unicorns all right thank you everybody see you next year Happy have a great new, year. new year's stay safe yeah stay warm we'll be doing this thing all next year, too. That's right. All right. See you next year. Here is your moment of Zener. Good night, everybody. <laughs>